pandemonium reigns. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Welcome to Pandemonium Reigns. We have a very I have a very important question to ask Mike before we begin this episode. So, before we hopped on here, Pandemonium Reigns! I had this idea he was going to shave his face. And he had to just basically give an explanation to his wife on why he did it. How did she take it? How did she take the shaving of the face, Bill? She took it poorly. Um, If you watch our other podcast, you'll see me looking over towards the office door here uh, because she got home. And I thought she had rehearsed her reaction because I sent her a text message that said, hey, I did the thing I usually do. I messed up my beard. I apologize. <laughs> look, I look like a 13-year-old. Um, I was actually going to ask you also if you could just, you know, kind of when you edit this, can you give me something just, you know, color, you know, color marker, anything that you can do. But, you know, that'd take too much time. Uh, but, yeah, she wasn't happy, you know. Um, so I'm going to be figuring out a way to make uh, facial hair grow back faster because I honestly <laughs> don't know who you're doing this podcast with right now. So I feel <laughs> Well, I, I'm sorry, bro, but I don't think that iMovie has the capabilities of me drawing some kind of anything on your face. But, uh, <sighs> well, despite, despite I want to be mad she, at you, but I can only be mad at me. <laughs> well, despite what she says, I think you're beautiful. Thank you. And you yeah. are as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, we got some uh, exciting stuff going into this weekend, and we are here to talk about it. We're here to tickle your ears, people. So make sure you're liking and subscribing. And, uh, man, we were so close to over a 1,000 downloads. And uh, I really just thought that might, that might be something that we achieve after two seasons. And it looks yeah. like something that's going to happen probably after um, this weekend. So wow. Just Thank crazy, you all so man. much. Just mm. crazy. So let's talk to it. I mean, let's, let's dive into it. People don't care how many downloads we have. So let's jump into it. I want to ask you, before I just say, hey, let's talk about this game. Is there, is, is there a game outside of ours, obviously, that has your attention that, man, I I, I got to see what happens here. Well, this may not even be, you know, this this could be a good game, but it probably won't. If if things go the way they've gone over, over, over the years, it won't be the game that I'm thinking it could be. But, man, I'm going to be fascinated to watch how Alabama responds. I'm just – because when they take that first loss or if they lose a regular season game, that's usually all the motivation they need to just pummel – the the living breaks off of everyone i mean it's usually hideous from there on mm-hmm. out and they've taken two regular season losses for the first time in a hot minute um you know that's something almost every team does every year but not mm-hmm. alabama under nick saban so yeah i'll be fascinated to see how they respond um i think jackson dart's probably going to need to use his legs a lot and i'm sure we'll talk about that game but i'll be really really interested to see if they check out what do they do um you know, that's just going to be really, really fascinating for me to watch. Vegas doesn't think it quite as highly um, of this game as I do because they've got Ole Miss as over a 10-point uh, underdog, and I believe it's at Ole Miss. Uh, mm-hmm. It is. It is. And they're currently on ESPN a 12-point underdog. So Vegas isn't feeling what I'm necessarily feeling, but I'll be, uh, I'll be interested to watch, man. Yeah. I don't think the question is can Ole Miss win this game I think the question is, is 2022 the year Nick Saban goes nine and three? Oh, man, that fascinating. Yeah. Right. I mean, I mean, he hasn't had a, has this good of a chance to go nine and three in a long time. Um, just Ole Miss does, they, they run the ball really well. They're not quite as strong passing, which we've talked about some. And mm-hmm. I remain amazed by a Lane Kiffin team doing, something just completely opposite of what they did last year. Not that they couldn't or wouldn't run the ball, but that they're almost exclusively doing it this year, it seems like. I'll be fascinated. You know, Alabama, they've got the players to beat Ole Miss, just like they did have the players to beat LSU and Tennessee. So how will they respond will be just fascinating TV for me to watch. Yeah. So on that topic, uh, actually, you know, real quick before we move on, has there been another 9-3 and scenario Outside of 2007, I believe when they lost five, when they went seven and five, has has Tusk? I mean, has Tuscaloosa seen that? I mean, did they do something similar in 2010? I think they were 10 and two in 2010. Okay, yeah. I mean, I don't. I mean, if Ole Miss wins on Saturday, you're talking about history being oh, yeah. made for Nick Saban. All right, so Ole Miss. Anyway, what's fascinating about Ole Miss is I think a lot of people have figured this out by now. 
They, they're running the ball, and they're doing it really, really well. They're actually leading the conference in rushing yards per game at a stout 267 yards per game. Listen, wow. bro, the next closest is Arkansas. <laughs> the next closest is Arkansas. And it's a good 40-yard difference, sitting at 233 wow. yards per game. And also, what's fascinating about Ole Miss is – they are uh, second in the conference in rushing scores on the year at 27. The only one, excuse me, the only team higher than them is, I believe, going to be, yep, Georgia at 29. But check this out. Ole Miss is tied at 27 with another team. You want to take a you want to take a gander at who that is? Would it be your Tennessee Vols? Did my face give it away? You did just a little bit. <laughs> Here's the question. Can Ole Miss continue to do on the ground to Alabama what they've done, you know, all year? That's the question. That is absolutely the question. I don't think they match up great, but, again, Alabama's had superior talent to LSU and Tennessee. So, we will be – man, I'll, I'll be having my popcorn ready as Lane Kiffin tried to tell us to do last <laughs> year. I'll, I'll have it ready Saturday. Well, let's see if we can find this real quick. Let's flip over to the defensive side perspective for things. And rushing yards allowed on the year. Georgia is going to lead the conference at 86.4 yards per game. That is incredible. Even, even as the college football game has, you know, taken shape and it's much more passing league and a uh, dual threat quarterback league than it's been over the last 20 to 100 years. That's remarkable. I mean, that is absolutely fantastic. I said it in our orange cast. I think they have I think they have been able to sleepwalk against everybody, not named Oregon and Tennessee. And the only team that came close was Missouri there in a just absolute cake sleepwalk, excuse me, of a game. That's just remarkable, especially mm -hmm. considering what they lost last year. Yeah. Coming no off doubt. last year. No doubt. So there's only two teams in the conference who are allowing less than 100 yards per game, Georgia being one, Tennessee being the other at 97 yards per game. Next best, and this, and this just should just create incredible conversation because it's going to be Alabama. Yeah. Third best in the conference, 104 yards per game. Listen, what Georgia's doing almost shouldn't even count. What we're <laughs> doing almost should not even count, right? Yeah. Alabama at 104 yards per game? That's incredible. So my question is, who's gonna win this? Who, who's gonna who's gonna win this statistic on, on Saturday for, for Alabama and Ole Miss? Is it gonna be the Alabama defense or is it going to be the uh Ole Miss rushing attack? And not that might be right there. That might be your winner. I mean absolutely. Yeah. And don't we talk about that stat a lot as Tennessee fans because of well, how important that is in football, number one, but that Tennessee Florida rivalry it almost always comes down to the rusher, the leading team rusher winning the game mm -hmm. and you know looking at Ole Miss's rush defense looks like they give up 155 so about 50 50 more yards per game allowed than than uh, Bama's rush defense mm -hmm. and that's a little bit scary if you know Alabama does the smart thing and yeah. Jameer Gibbs that's a little bit scary but again man just where are they going to be at mentally they just they're they're never in this position. Now they're in this position, and you already had someone talking about, um, you know, these players being okay where they're at. They're complacent because of NIL opportunities. They're already getting paid a little bit. Yeah. They're So they haven't been in this situation and receiving NIL. So it's going to be fascinating to me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So give me a uh, score and give me a winner, and let's move on. Yeah, uh, I said earlier this year, and I don't remember what week it was, but I think it was probably coming off of Georgia and Missouri that <clears throat> excuse me, couldn't get my hands on the mute button there. Sorry, y'all. That uh, the Georgia Auburn game, I believe it was, was going to be the last time that I just trusted Georgia by default. Um, I wasn't going to make a habit of doing that anymore. This will be the last time that I trust Alabama by default because everything talent wise, roster wise, just tells me, even looking at stats, the only thing that, you know, that, Ole Miss really does better is run the ball wetter, better on offense. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to trust Alabama. I'm going to trust Bryce Young because, you know, I had a man crush on him coming into the season because of how fantastic he is. I'm going to trust that talent, Bryce Young. 
Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that Ole Miss can score 20, 24 tops, but I think Alabama is sitting there at 38, 42, that region. Um, but, you know, it'll just be – I just I keep saying it, but it's going to be so fun to watch because they're just never in this scenario. Yeah, uh, agreed. So so what was your final score there? I'm, I'll say 42 to 20. 42 to 20, Alabama. Alabama. Okay. I can see something very similar, and I'm going to pick Alabama, and it's not going to have anything to do with the stats. It's not going to have anything to do, you know, with the last names that are on the back of the jerseys for either team. It's going to be the fact that I cannot see Alabama finishing this season 9-3. and three. Absolutely. Now, I do want to ask you something else before we move, before we move on before I give you a score prediction. <clears throat> if they do, if Alabama does lose this game, and Alabama is now staring at a nine and three season with just who else do they have left? Very very quickly, they have uh, uh, a no Austin name and then, P and Auburn. Yeah. Okay, so nine and three. That yeah. that that'll be the outcome. This is their last test. Is the Saban dynasty over? Man, I heard somebody say that last week when when Alabama lost LSU and Georgia, mm-hmm. you know, handled Tennessee. That that was the changing of the guard. Um. Boy, if they go nine and three, the way that Kirby is handling success off of a championship year, I'm going to say that that th- that's the official changing of the guard. Nine and three season, which is you know average to mediocre. It's it's mediocre by what Alabama's been, but it's average for everybody else. I'm going to say that's the changing of the guard. That would be the end of the dynasty. I mean, they've got the number one recruiting class. It's not like it's the end of the world, but right. I mean, we also have talked about not on not on our podcast, but. Saban is in that old territory now. He's at 70. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we've heard him talk about NIL and hating it and all this and that. I mean, how long – what's his patience level going to be at if, if they go nine and three mm-hmm. with, frankly, what I think is one of the best quarterbacks they'll ever have, which is saying a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know where his patience and where his head's going to be at. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. No, I'm I'm with you. I will say this. If 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 Alabama loses this game on Saturday, and if you are a non-Alabama fan of any kind of sorts living in Tuscaloosa, get out. <laughs> Leave. Because yeah. couches will be on fire and gunshots will be going off, and somebody oh, yeah. is going to be dead. Guaranteed. Yes. Ricky Joe Bobby will be on a tear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drive east. Get out of there. <laughs> take take I-65. Or get us get us, get as fast as you can I sixty five and and get out of there. Uh, with that said, I'm going to say Alabama forty five, uh, Ole Miss something like thirty one thirty two. I think it's close up until the fourth quarter, and in the fourth quarter, Alabama just has control at this point. Time is against Ole Miss. <clears throat> they have to rely too much on Jackson Dart, and not that he's a bad quarterback. He's just not good enough to get it done. At the end of the day, I like Bryce Young way more than I do Jackson Dart, uh, and I think that pressure is going to be too much for something like a guy like him to handle. All right, so you say that's a game that has your attention. Here's the game that has my attention because it it directly affects Tennessee. Oh, yeah. And that's the Horn Frogs traveling to Austin, Texas, to play um, the Longhorns. And what's I think what's so fascinating about this one is um, Gary Patterson playing oh. his, playing his old team, right? And and, yeah. and what is he gonna know? Uh, what is he gonna have schemed up? And, and I'm just telling you, if TC loses this game uh, on Saturday. Tennessee's in. I mean, they're. I think they're already in right now. But 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 Tennessee is in. Um, the ESPN FBI has Texas winning this game at seventy three percent. Vegas uh, likes Texas by an even seven, and this over under is, is set at sixty five. Um, <clears throat> there's a couple things that I want to throw out to you before we jump into this. Uh, just looking at some offensive numbers here. TCU actually leads the Big 12 in offensive yards per game, 508.7 yards per game. If there are any football non-football people out there and you're listening because you think our voices are that of angels, thank you. You don't know football? Here, let me tell you, that is a crap ton of yards per game. It's amazing. That's amazing. Because also, talking about the Gary Patterson Bowl here, is this not their first year without him? Is this not the first year of this yeah. coach that they have? Year one. 
That's it. <laughs> wow, dude. Year wow. one. So TCU sits at 508 yards per game offensively. <clears throat> Texas at 447. Okay. I mean, that that's also a lot. Yeah, it is. That, 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 that's also a lot. Let's flip over to the defensive side and see if I can find numbers here real quick. Uh, and I can. Uh, wow. I right. was not <laughs> expecting that. Iowa State leading the conference in 284 yards per game uh, wow. allowed. All right. That's, so that's fantastic. That's, that's fantastic. As far as this Texas TCU game, is concerned, man, they're really close. Texas allows 381 yards per game. TCU uh, allows 396 yards per game. With all that said, who do you got? What's your score? What do you think? This is why I'm a bad sports better, right? And it's because Vegas is telling us, <laughs> everything. everything's telling us that Texas is going to win this game. But I'm riding with TCU until they actually lose one of these games. They have played with fire in mm-hmm. all recent victories, if not all games this year. They've played with fire. <laughs> they have toyed with disaster. Yeah. But they have been one score or two scores here and there better than everybody they've played. And I just think they're going to do it again. And it's not that I don't think Texas is on the way or that they don't have talent. It's just, again, that I'm going to trust TCU. I'm not going to bet this game, but this is why I'm a bad better, y'all, because <laughs> I, I think TCU gets it done. I think it is a close game. I think this absolutely, man, I think it's going to hit the over 65. I mean, I think this game could get into the 40s for both teams, but, I mean, I think it's, a, again, a close win for TCU. I'm going to say 42-35. That'll hit the over. That'll be, I mean, they're right there at that seven. Uh, well, that's actually Texas that by seven. So they're, I think, going to win outright. But I'm going to say 42-35 Longhorns. Uh, gosh, Horn Frogs. That's just too much confusion and dyslexia. That's just too much horn. Thursday. Just too much horn. Yes. yes, gosh, man. Can it be the weekend already? <laughs> so I think this is the game where uh, the scoreboard breaks. Yeah. Right? You know, you're just talking about offensive firepower you're talking about uh, a game that is indicative of how we've known the big 12 to be for the last what 15 20 years where there's absolutely no defense and you know they put all their athletes on the offensive side as tj mo said when missouri came into the uh, <laughs> sec uh, uh the big 12 puts their athletes on the offense sec just puts theirs on the defense that's the only difference okay you're an idiot um <laughs> i think and, and, and anytime the media has said, man, this is this is the game where the scoreboard breaks, you know, you're looking at something where like 65, 63, and then it just never happens, right? Yeah. It, it, it turns out to be opposite. It's like 14, 10. You know, yeah. the, the big the big 12, the big 10 West is like, hello. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I think this is where it happens. I mean, Me I too. just I can I, so I'm gonna check this out. Texas 65. Wow. TCU, 63. Wow, dude. That's crazy. Not in overtime. Not in overtime in regulation. I I think this is – I think that – and I I think something that's going to be impactful as well is you're looking at a night game. This is a big game for Texas. It's in Austin. I would would expect that that crowd to be ruckus, create some problems for the TCU offense – um, and I'm going to say that's going to be the difference. Uh, the, 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 the Austin crowd and potentially whoever has the ball last. Absolutely. Who, who scores last. There might not be a punt. <laughs> I could, I could 100% see that. There might not be a punt. So, all right. Hey, let's, let's move on and, uh, let's, do we want to talk about Vanderbilt Kentucky or do we want to just disrespect them and move on? I will, I'll put this in your hands disrespect always okay i <laughs> love it i uh, love it um, i'm here for it i'm here for it um all right so with that being said since we're going to move on how does clemson bounce back they're going to be hosting louisville this game is going to be 330 on espn the spread is at oh i just had it where did it go clemson by a touchdown yeah an even by a touchdown. seven 
Over under set at 52. Boy, I at Clemson, I get it, but I don't like this matchup for them. Oh gosh, that's you know, exactly that's exactly what I was gonna say. <laughs> well, that's hilarious. But the and the reason I say that, just pull it pulling the curtain back here from the start. We talk about this Clemson defense. Yeah, they've got a nasty front. They've they've still got athletes all over the place. They're they've been recruiting right there with your Georgias, Alabamas, Ohio States, you know, you name it. They've been recruiting right there with those guys. But they only allow eleven, no, I'm sorry, 10, 10 exactly ten less yards per game than Louisville. Mm-hmm. And this this Clemson offense has been anemic. They have been yes. they have been DJ Uyangalale's career wrapped up in a nutshell. That's what they've yeah. been. Yeah. So I think if they're gonna win this game, that I mean, Mr. Shipley is gonna need to go absolutely to town. I mean, he's gonna have to go off. You know, I you know, after uh they, they pulled DJ a few weeks ago against Syracuse or whenever, they said that it was still his job. Listen, it, it's time to pull the plug on that at Clemson for him. It, it's it's over there for me. It is over. So roll out your Clay Cade Klubnik, get you, get your Will Shipley on the ground. But I just don't think it's enough, man. I think I think that Louisville wins this game. They're only a touchdown dog at Clemson, which is saying so much between the lines of mm. of what they really think of Clemson right now. Uh, I think this will absolutely be a low-scoring game with those defenses not even allowing 350 yards per game on average. Mm. Over under 52, dude. I could see it more like at 26 total points. And I'm going to say Louisville 20, Clemson 17, even though that's obviously going over the number I said a moment ago. I, sure. don't, I don't think there's any chance they push 52 at all. And I, I just don't like the matchup for Clemson trying to keep Malik Cunningham and those running backs in check all day when their offense can't do them any favors I just I don't like that and I smell trouble this is a nightmare matchup for Clemson I mean and you're and you're talking about a scenario where they could come out of this weekend on back-to-back losses and it's it's almost that Saban factor are they going to end up nine and three is Clemson going to go back-to-back losses I mean that that's That really um, uh, in, uh, dictates my my answer here, but I'm, I'm going to take a Louisville win, and I think it's going to come down to if it does come down to a shootout. I don't like DJ, and, and mm. I, I'm back to right where I was, you know, before his minor little progression there. Yeah, and Dabo is just—I feel like. Uh, Going back to the early 2010s before Mac Brown lost his job at Texas, he lost his job at Texas because he got stubborn. He refused to adapt his offense to his current personnel. Garrett Gilbert was not Colt McCoy. He was a statue. Uh, he was a pocket passer, which turned out to be you know, a, a pretty good one once he yeah. uh, transferred somewhere else. But they kept trying to do Colt McCoy things with Garrett Gilbert, and it ultimately was Mac Brown's death in Austin. Yep. Dabo, his loyalty, I, I won't call it his stubbornness to stick with DJ. I'm going to call it his his loyalty to stick with DJ. Uh, up yeah. To this point, like, bro, I, I, it's time. It's time. It is so past time. Malik Cunningham is that dude. He Is he a great passer no is he a great football player uh-huh absolutely uh-huh and he is good enough to beat you that Clemson defense is elite but if Clemson's offense can't put drives together if they can't sustain things then I just don't like it I agree like completely it. No, I don't like it at all so I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Louisville in a close one I'm gonna say Louisville 31 Clemson 27 I completely could see it. Yep. Could see it easily. Uh, which would be a nightmare situation for Dabo Sweeney. It sure would. All right. Moving on, but keeping things in the ACC because there is a spread that absolutely has to be mentioned. Okay. Miami at Georgia Tech. Can't help myself here. <laughs> <laughs> Georgia Tech is favored by a point and a half <sighs> tech fighting for bowl eligibility, but also the hurricanes fighting 
for bowl <laughs> eligibility. And they need this one because after that, they play Clemson at Clemson and they host Pitt. And I don't like them in either one of those. Not at all. And they just need this Georgia Georgia Tech win just to get to five wins. So, oh, they, so they have to have this one. Georgia Tech at a point and a half in that hostile crowd in the ATL. <laughs> just, just some quick stuff real quick. Georgia Tech, excuse me, let's start with Miami. Miami sitting at 24.4 points per game. Georgia Tech sitting at 17.4 points per game miami sitting at 25 points allowed per game georgia tech sitting at 28 i'm not gonna have this pulled up like there's just probably not a chance unless no. you know um the game that i'm really interested in at 3 30 is on espn and i can use my app to pull up the whole grid and get four games going at one time but um who comes out five and five tomorrow <laughs> And, and, and who comes out four and six? Georgia Tech has been pretty much in most of their games. I mean, heck, they were in that Clemson game with Jeff Collins for longer than they should have been. Yeah. Where you got Miami getting absolutely murdered by Florida State, getting handled, I mean, by Duke getting handled, barely beat Virginia Tech, which I think Georgia Tech also barely beat them. Dude, I cannot go with Miami on this. I just – I can't. I can't trust them as far as I can throw them. The stats that you mentioned, the only thing that's really different is is Miami scoring about a touchdown more per game. But, again, I just – I just can't trust that right now. They played three quarterbacks, and we couldn't determine who the starter was in their last game against Florida State. And that's a recipe for a loss in any conference game, just about, and, you know, with the exception of maybe a Rutgers or a Vanderbilt here and there. That's a recipe for disaster if – if it's not just getting reps for guys. So, man, I'm going to ride with Georgia Tech, and it's going to be low-scoring and ugly, I think, maybe like a 17-14 or a 20-14 top win for Georgia Tech, which is just atrocious. It's already atrocious, like we're talking about them being a point-and-a-half underdog in Atlanta when they fired Jeff Collins earlier in the year. They fired their coach. Just so, so bad. All the transfers they added, whoop de do. Yeah. How's it working out? Not good. Um, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, man. Give me the freaking yellow jackets in this game. Okay. I'm also going to take Georgia Tech, and I can see this game being Georgia Tech 10, Miami 9. Yeah, you know right. What I'm saying? Uh, yep. Georgia Tech wins, but they, but they don't cover. Uh, <laughs> you know, they're both they're both sitting at five and four, but it's a very different five four and, and four. Five. Or yeah, sorry, four and five, but it's a very they're both four and five, but it's 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 a very different four and five for the both of them. Georgia Tech sitting at four and five on the year, having overachieved. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Miami is sitting at four and five, having. Oh God! <laughs> Not even, <laughs> yeah. Like with with losses to MTSU on your record, right? I mean, golly, sin has left a crimson stain, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I, my my heaven. So I just think that I just think that they're in very different places mentally as, as teams, and because of that, and because of it being in Atlanta, give me Tech, and I'm gonna say Tech wins, but they don't cover. Um, Oh gosh, what the heck! I'll take Georgia Tech twelve, and I will take Miami ten. Well, that would be a cover, but yeah. Oh, gotcha. okay. Um, is there any possible way for them to reach eleven? They'd have to get a safety, wouldn't they? Um, safety and a you touchdown. know what? No, 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 no. Georgia Tech thirteen, Miami twelve. There you go. That. They There's. will be the field, it will be a field goal battle if there are points scored. It could also be zero zero going into the tenth overtime. You never know. I mean, golly, golly. <laughs> yeah, I just don't have words for this. Hey, uh, there, there is another game going on Saturday night that, that that's going to have my uh, interest. It's 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 going to be telling that of the college football playoff because Oregon still has an outside chant, uh, outside shot to to get into the playoffs, but they're hosting a dang good Washington offense. Yes. Right. Yeah. Uh, Michael Penix is is one heck of a passer. Uh, just some just some numbers real quick as as we dive into this. Washington at a total of four hundred ninety five offensive yards per game. Oregon. Wow. Five hundred and twenty. Wow. Five hundred and twenty. Wow. Um, 
And Bo Nix, bro, on the year has been has been, dude. I mean, solid. I mean, he's at twenty four, yeah. uh, just shy of twenty five hundred yards, twenty two scores, five picks. Michael Penix, he's at thirty two hundred yards passing, twenty three touchdowns, five picks. This could be, this could either be a thriller thirty five thirty one, or this could be a thriller. In the sense that it's my prediction on TCU Texas. Yes, right? that's what I was thinking. I mean, we could be we could be talking uh, at the end of the weekend. Oh my gosh, did anybody see that Oregon Washington game? You, they combined for hundred and seventy points, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, right? just just outrageous here. So uh, the spread is in favor of Oregon at thirteen. Uh, this game is in Austin. That is a very um, underestimated crowd, right? Uh, Absolutely. Austin Stadium can can get loud. Uh, and this is a big one. Uh, our Oregon's playoff chances are riding on this one. You lose this Absolutely. and you're, you lose this and you're out. You win mm-hmm. it. Uh, you've added a top 25 win to your resume, only uh, furthering your case on why you should be in. With all that said, what happens? Who wins? What's your score? Who covers? All the fun stuff. Oregon wins. Washington covers because these defenses are really, really close statistically. Uh, the offenses favor Oregon, like you mentioned, by 25 yards, even though Michael Penix is, dude, just obviously leading the nation in passing. He's throwing it around at a just unreal, unreal yeah. clip. Um, but, again, I trust Oregon – just not to cover because I don't think you keep an offense that's doing what they're doing down to, yeah. to beat them by two touchdowns unless you are legit. And I just don't – I don't think Oregon is is quite there. I just think their offense and, and Bo Nix, what he's doing is really good. But, again, they're not going to slip up. They are going to win the game. Man, I think it's going to be plenty high scoring. Like a – I think it'll be a 52-48 to 48 win for Oregon. A really high scoring, over 100 points. Um, or at, right at 100 points, rather. Um, and again, I like Oregon to win. I just don't like them to cover. That's that two touchdowns feels, and this is why I'm bad sports better, but it feels a little bit much for me, man. I don't know. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Uh, so now that you've said that, that's your score prediction. I'm just going to come out and say, it's a dang shame that this game is on Fox. Yes, it is. Absolutely is. Because the odds of me flipping off the ESPN app are just not likely. Yep. Uh, with, with my capability of watching multiple at once. Man, if that's the case, though, golly, uh, what's the uh, what's the play-by-play guy there for Fox? Um, oh crap! Oh my gosh! You know I who I'm talking it. about? Yeah, I, I want to say Charles Davis, but for some reason that doesn't feel right. No, um, Gus Johnson. Gus Johnson. Goodness, listen, Gus Johnson as a play-by-play guy, he, he might be able to put a highlight reel together of his. Uh, of just himself and his words at the end of yeah. this one, right? I mean, yeah. this this could be fantastic for him. All right, but here's a, there's a telling stat out there that actually favors Washington. Okay, so defensively, uh, they are second in the Pac-12 in yards per game. The only team ahead of them is Utah, 344 yards per game. Washington is allowing 355. Oregon's up in that 380 range. All right, so that could be indicative. That could be telling, as as much as well as these guys are slinging it around. I really think this is going to come down to who actually runs the ball better. Yeah. All right. With that said, Oregon and Washington are at the top of the Pac-12 in rush defense. Oregon leading the way at 107 yards allowed per game. Washington at 117. Uh, allowed yards per game on the ground let's see if i can find um passing very quickly and i can and washington leading the way there okay here okay this is indicative so washington's third best in the conference at allowing 237 so so what i'm seeing so far uh through the lens of just the pack 12 is washington's defense ain't so bad right no it's not oregon's allowing 276 passing yards per game. So uh, uh, even though Oregon is winning and, and some of these wins really convincingly, right? Some, I mean, yeah, some of them. They're allowing yards. A lot yeah. of them, 
a lot Absolutely. of them. A lot of them. Um, I'm going to say something similar, though. I'm going to say Oregon 56, Washington 52. Um, so that means that Oregon wins, but they do not cover. Uh, this could be the game uh, potentially outside of Texas TCU, you know, just the game of the weekend through uh, a national Absolutely. lens. A lot riding again for Oregon there. Uh, so I will say, though, from a Tennessee perspective, we'll, we'll passively be rooting for the Huskies. Like, hey, just go ahead and end it for them, you know. Please. <laughs> just yeah. go ahead and, and put it out of sight there. Um, so, hey, we, we go from talking about Texas TCU, a lot of points being scored. We go from Oregon, Washington, a lot of points being scored. Let's transition <laughs> and let's talk about – AM and Auburn Oof. and not a lot of points being scored. It's a lot like this. This feels, I cannot believe we're even saying this. This feels like the Miami Georgia Tech game. They're both sitting at three and six. Auburn Gosh. is your favorite at a point and a half. Gah. And it has just to be because it's in Jordan Hare, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. The the over-under is set at 48 and a half. And I think that over under is about 48 and a half too high. Right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it, might, it, is. it might be zero zero at the end of regulation. Yeah. Because these offenses are atrocious. They're, they're so bad. Um, you know, Texas A&M, it, what, what a weird game last week against Florida. I don't think we talked about it. Uh, they had a lot of dudes out sick with the flu, which is just mm-hmm. triggering, honestly, because we're used to having guys out with COVID. Yeah. Um, it's triggering to have guys out with illness, but I think they put up like 24 in the first half, which was odd to me. Uh, not saying much about Florida here. I'm just saying it's odd to me that Texas A&M put up 20 plus and a half. I don't, yeah. I don't know that they scored in the second half, but they did also rely on a chain some like they ought to do on every single offensive snap. Yeah. But, and, and listen, maybe, maybe I like Texas A&M in this game. That's the way that I'm feeling because of a chain. You know, last week we saw Mississippi State have just enough to to beat Auburn there at Davis Wade or what have you in uh, in Starkville. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think this is just it, – it's sad for both teams, but I do like Texas A&M a little bit here because of at least having a chain, of at least having quarterbacks put up some points in the first half there last week mm-hmm. and just not – man, just not trusting Ashford, Cadillac as a you know, interim coach – I'm going to ride with Texas A&M, and I really hate to if you can't tell. But, yeah, I'm going to say low scoring, man. Again, let's say Texas A&M 21, Auburn 10. I don't know. So, our podcast is less than a year old. We launched in July, and we've had 10 weeks of analysis and recap. And this is the first time where I've looked at a game and gone, Bro, I don't know. <laughs> Is it basketball I, I, season yet? I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, we just got through talking about Michael Penix, who's 3,000-plus passing yards. Bo Nix, who's 2,800. Yeah. Here's Robbie Ashford at 1,300 yards, five oh, touchdowns, gosh. five picks. Here's Haynes King at 1,200 yards, seven touchdowns, six picks. Oh, You've got gosh. a handful of quarterbacks in this league who, excuse me, in, in college ball, who can – you can take Ashford's number and numbers and King's number and double them, and they still have more, right? Yeah. yeah. So I don't know, but I do think that this game will come down to which quarterback is better that day because I've said over and over again, hey, Tank's, Tank Bigsby is good enough to get it done. Well, no. That hasn't happened. Yep. And I've said David A. Chain is, is good enough to get it done. And that hasn't happened. Uh, A. Chain statistically is better than Bigsby. I don't know that if I'm, if I'm building a team, right, uh, and, and I'm to the running back section of my team and I'm drafting these guys, I don't know that I'm taking A. Chain over Bigsby. I'm, I'm, I mean, if Bigsby's on it's the board, I'm, right, you know? Yes. I mean, I mean, the dude's uh, every down back. I can't, I'm not convinced that A. Chain is. I mean, yeah. it, explosive, yes. Um, 
Bigsby's just the ever down dude. So I, I, I guess what the difference is, is, is quarterback play. And you know what? Okay. So with, with that being said, I guess I will lean um, towards the Aggies because I like their receiving core better. Uh, Evan Stewart is one of those guys who you can just, Oh, oh crap. He's down there somewhere. Right. Yeah. You know, or, or, you know, they're in a third and six situation and, and they toss it up near, near the marker for a 50, 50 ball. And that dude is just, nope. just that good to get it done. I will take a and 17 Auburn 13. And that's really just because bro, I don't know. <laughs> Let me tell you this. If, if you're building a team here, here's why. Here's why A-Chain is, is where he is compared to Bigsby. If you look at Auburn, you've got Bigsby where he's at. You've got Ashford, and you've got Jarquez Hunter over 300, and in Ashford's case, over 500 yards rushing. On Texas A&M squad, you don't have another player with 100 yards rushing on the season. For Holy the season. Crap. Their next leading rusher has 80-something yards. That is why That is why you see the, what, the stats the way they are if you look at the two. That's probably why I would lean A-Chain to an extent because, man, if I'm there and it's this bad, I might be opting out. I'm just telling you the truth. I might have opted <laughs> out by now. And I absolutely hate opt-outs, even though I understand the health aspect. He's just absolutely by himself at that position, has been at, by himself on offense for most of the year. Poor guy, but you know, don't feel too bad for the Aggies overall. But that's, that's why they are where they are statistically because he has got absolutely no one pushing him or even in the same ballpark offensively as him on that squad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Just a, just a sad day, sad days in college station, sad days in, 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 in Auburn, Alabama. I mean, that really is, I mean, outside of Vanderbilt, this, this is your, your, your bottom bowl, right? Yes, it is. Bowl of the bottom. So, yeah. I mean, if, 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 if I'm Auburn, I guess if I'm either one of them, just send the house, man. <laughs> yeah, just, just blitz. Just screw it. I mean, yeah, I'll play with your hair on fire, uh, even though uh, there's probably not a hair left. A great question. <laughs> maybe we should be asking is if 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 Auburn wins this game, does Jimbo have a job on Monday? But at this point, with way the coaches' uh, tenures have have lasted, with example being Brian Harson, who knows? Who knows? So absolutely. Well, if there's any hope, moving on, if there's any hope of Georgia losing a game this year, it's going to come Saturday, Saturday night in Starkville as they travel to take on the Bulldogs. Bulldogs, Bulldogs. Um, (laughs) This Mississippi State cover, I guess, is the better question because it's sitting at 16 even. Um, Vegas likes Georgia. And I, Vegas, and I understand why. Vegas likes Georgia. I like Georgia in this game as much as any. Listen, I know that Mississippi State has taken some strides with things that they do defensively and things like that, but if they keep Georgia under 45, I'll be impressed. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe – because, again, I talked about Georgia sleepwalking and really, you know, giving their full attention and effort to Oregon and Tennessee and, and what they're capable of. But outside of those games, they haven't done it. So where are they at coming off of a game again where I think they spent all of their energy, all of their time for a long time focusing on? I'm sure they've done the same with Leach because, I mean, heck, you know, he, he can put up points and yards for sure. But listen, dude, I'll be, I'll be shocked if, if Mississippi State scores 13. I really will. Um, I'm just going to give an even, you know, I think Georgia covers. I'm feeling like a 38 to 10 situation. Mm-hmm. I, I could be selling their defense short with that 10 because if, if all they face is, you know, a bunch of check downs to the running backs, a bunch of mesh, and Will Rogers stepping up in the pocket and scrambling for <laughs> zero to three yards, I just – nothing about that makes me feel good that Georgia loses or even gets remotely pushed. And, again, I think they could sleepwalk their way to a 35-38-10 win in a game like this. Yeah. I think I think uh, the, the greatest – factor in this game is what is Georgia's emotional state after this Tennessee Mm -hmm. game because we have found out when they are not up for games they're susceptible right yeah Missouri Kent State yeah but when they are on it's over you can't beat them they just don't stand a chance so 
if we get the Georgia that we saw against Tennessee, Stetson Bennett is not playing halfway through the third quarter. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Right? 100%. Mississippi State just doesn't have the receivers that we do, uh, and they're they're a little more – I don't want to say one-dimensional, but they're a little more one-sided, I guess is yeah. a better way to say that, than we are. Uh, the pass is – is it. they don't pass to set up the run. They pass to pass, right? Yeah, they do. They, they, throw, the ball, they throw the ball just because that's what they do. So, uh, Georgia, 41, Mississippi State, 17. Two, 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 two um, they find the end zone twice, and – they they kick a field goal once. I, I will say their opening points are a field goal. Yeah, and and they maybe find a touchdown in garbage time or you know just almost when it doesn't matter. Yep. Um, keeping it in the SEC, uh, a fairly interesting, uh, interesting one. What Arkansas do we get? Uh, and I think a better better question is does KJ Jefferson play? Because if he doesn't, LSU big. If he does. It still could be LSU big, I guess. Yeah. But um, do I have that wrong? Is the verdict still out if he's going to play or not? No, you're not wrong um, because I saw – and listen, I don't follow, um, you know, a lot of – I don't follow anyone as closely as I do Tennessee, but I heard a comment from Pittman that was like he practiced on Monday and then he didn't practice the next day that they, that they got together. So that's odd to me that he would practice on Monday and then not – you know, the next practice. I don't, I don't get that, but man, I just, it's, it's hard for me not to like LSU and listen, we talk about emotions of Georgia. We talk about where's Tennessee. We talked about on orange cast, where's Tennessee going to be out of there? Would they even consider let, letting Georgia beat them twice? You know, for some reason, I'm not really worried about where LSU's at. And that's a huge win that they just got even yeah. with Alabama in the position they're in. That's a huge win that they collected, but I'm not worried about, um, even with this game being at Razorback Stadium, I just think Arkansas is kind of reeling a little bit. That was a – I mean, they lost to Liberty. Man, that's that's such a – it's a good team, but it's a hard loss to take, especially when you hold them 21 points, mm-hmm. uh, Arkansas and Liberty, that is. So, I like LSU to cover. They played in a lot of close games this year where they started slow and then they, they've just chipped away and, and, you know, kind of you get the best of them as the game goes on. So I could see it playing out like that, but I like them to cover. I think I like them by 10 to 14. And I think just where I'm going to be at for this, maybe if there is some motions for LSU, not knowing where they're going to be at, I'll say LSU 27, Arkansas 17. Okay. This seems to be the weekend of emotional bounce back. How do teams how do teams recover from emotional highs and lows, right? Yeah. Um, my question is, does Brian Kelly understand this rivalry? Does he understand what it means to LSU fan base? More importantly, does Brian Kelly understand what this this game means to Arkansas? Yeah. Right? Because this is a big one for them. Yes, it, it is. Kind of the kind of the way that's you know, there, there's some there's some bitterness on both sides of that Tennessee Kentucky rivalry. But nine times of ten, we always get Kentucky's best, right? Yeah. I mean, they they want to beat Tennessee. Absolutely. Going into seasons, we're not thinking, oh my gosh, we gotta beat Kentucky this year. We got we I mean, that's just not how we look at that. Uh we're looking at gosh, we gotta beat Florida. Gosh, we gotta beat Georgia. Gosh, we gotta beat Bama. This is a game Arkansas probably always has circled, right? Oh yeah. You know, so how does LSU bounce back after that emotional high uh, of, of beating Bama? Uh, what's the status of KJ Jefferson? And just for the sake of conversation, um, let's let's assume he plays. Let's assume he's healthy. That's how I'm going to base this. Because if he's not, then I think it's a much easier answer. Oh, yeah. I like LSU and I like him big. Uh, if, if KJ Jefferson plays, though, yes, it's at noon, but I think the Arkansas fans are, are going to show up, show out, just because I don't think there's anything else better to do in Arkansas because <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's duck season. So yep. <clears throat> um, I will take LSU to win, and I will take – I'll take LSU to do more than cover, I think. Um LSU, Brian Kelly. I mean, he's he's a, he's a solid coach, right? Yeah, uh, he is. And and your best coaches 
and he's won everywhere he's been. Your best coaches manage the emotions well, right? It's what they do. Uh, they're they're great motivators. They're 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 good at all the un- intangible things. So with that being said, and it's not that I don't like. Um, holy crap, his name just escaped me. Head coach of Pittman. Arkansas Pittman. Not that I don't like him. Um, I just don't know that he has the horsepower right now. Had you had you had asked me this off of a LSU loss against Alabama, you know, I might be saying something different here, but yeah, LSU's just riding a wave of momentum right now, and I just don't think that Arkansas is going to have enough to to handle it. So give yeah. me Arkansas and give me Arkansas to give me Arkansas to cover. I'll I'll take our uh or excuse me uh take LSU to cover. Uh, give me LSU thirty one, Arkansas twenty. I want to throw something at you real quick because I was just okay. looking down the SEC slate. Yep. We didn't even talk about this, but I was just looking down the SEC slate. I noticed that it's South Carolina in Gainesville against the Gators. Eight-point favorites. <laughs> Look at that. Look at us, dude. We're the same person, folks. Look at we us. We're the same person many miles apart. ESPN matchup predictor likes the Gators 70.8% of the way here. Yeah. Vegas likes them by eight, which I, I think I like that too. But here's why – I here's why I interrupted your normal programming to bring this up to you. All right. Spencer Rattler and Anthony Richardson are separated by two yards passing. Wow. (laughs) Spencer Rattler has 31 more completions than Anthony Richardson. And he has two less passing yards than Anthony Richardson. They are separated by one touchdown with Richardson having nine and Rattler having eight. And they're separated by two interceptions with Rattler throwing nine. That's right, eight touchdowns, nine picks for Rattler, and Richardson throwing seven picks. That's all that separates them, okay? Look at the running backs, the leading rushers, and I know that they both have – I'm not going to say committees, but they all have – excuse me, both teams have guys that they like, and they they run several guys. But their Mm -hmm. leading rushers, Marshawn Lloyd at South Carolina, Montrell Johnson Jr. at Florida, they're separated by eight carries. Lloyd's got 100, Johnson's got 92. They're separated by seven yards and one touchdown with Lloyd having 556 and Johnson having 549 and Lloyd having nine touchdowns to Johnson's eight. How have we played eight? Uh, I'm sorry, South Carolina's like, oh no, both teams have played nine games. I'm just blind. How have we played nine games and we have numbers that similar for these teams? Um, they're terrible quarterbacks. That's, that's all I got. Um, I'm, I'm with you. At least, at least I can say in Shane, Shane Beamer, uh, in Spencer Rattler's defense is he, he just, he doesn't have an offense corner who is, who is setting him up for success. Yeah. Um, so I follow on TikTok, uh, a guy who runs a podcast. He's a, he's a South Carolina guy, um, called the Spurs up show. He's, he's very logical, uh, kind of tells it like it is. Like it is, he doesn't see everything through Gamecock glasses. So I appreciate his comments. Um, I'll say this about the South Carolina fan base: they want Satterfield out, gone. Badly. But it's so far to the point where even this guy, who I actually respect, again, I respect his comments. He's out on Spencer Rattler. He's out. Done. I get it. I, I get mean, it. The- completely get it. Even if the offensive coordinator is not setting you up for success, Spencer Rattler has just not looked good. No. I think people need to come to terms with when he was at Oklahoma, he was the benefit of a system. He was the benefit of the five stars around him, right? Yeah. Which, so with that being said, Anthony Richardson, he, he's just bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. I, mean, uh, I agree. So – um, I don't know. What, what what did you say the spread was on this one? Florida Florida by eight. Um ah, Lee, this one is intriguing uh to me. I, I mean I'm interested in it for all the wrong reasons, just because I want to <laughs> see who's worse, right? Yeah, yeah. Um Florida by seven, Florida 35, South Carolina 28. I'm with you, um, and and I'll go as far as to say that Florida wins. I'm going to say on a pick six or something like that. I just think it's going to be okay. a turnover. Um, it, it's going to be a closer game, and I, I'm with you that South Carolina covers that eight because 
you know, like I'm like you, I'm interested in both teams losing, which is impossible, unfortunately. Yeah. Because I want to know who's going to fall to fourth or fifth in the East. You know, who's going to be, and I want it to be both, and it, it can't. Right hey, now. for a Tennessee fan, they actually can both lose on Saturday. This is this? true. You ready for yeah. this? Here's the, here's, yeah. here's here's a perfect scenario. South Carolina wins the game, so Florida loses. Yeah. But it's at the cost of losing Spencer for the rest of the season. There you go. There you go. That I like the way you think. Um, don't want to see him get hurt, but I like the way you think. Sure. Um, yeah. 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 I think I think Florida is going to win this game though on a late turnover, and it's hard for me not. To, you know, they could obviously it could be a scoop and score, it could be a sack, you know, strip sack, but I, I just think it's going to be a a rattler pick six because the Gamecock fans. I'm sorry, the Gator fans. They're not out, but they're very iffy right now. I think is the safe way to put it because it's been a tumultuous first year. Yeah. with uh, plenty of drama and plenty of things that they're not used to, like losing to Kentucky and Tennessee in the same year. Um, but, again, I think there'll be the, – the environment of the swamp will be enough. It is a 4 o'clock kick, so it's not, you know, a, a p.m. primetime kick. But I think the environment will be good enough. I think Florida's good enough. I think they can run the ball in this game like they wanted to do in every game. Um, Score-wise, I'm kind of stumped. But I think I'm going to say 40 – Florida 40, South Carolina – 33. Okay. All right. Good stuff. Um, here's again, hoping they both lose. Yep. Hey, I'm going to end. We're going to, excuse me. We're going to end the show and I'm going to end it by asking you a question. Okay. Don't look at your phone. Don't look. And I'm, and I'm praying and hoping that you haven't already seen this. Okay. Okay. I'm going to give you two spreads. I want you to tell me which spread is which game. Okay. One spread is a 40 point spread. Another spread is a 31 point spread. Okay, uh, I may have seen them, but you know how you know how my memory is. I'm I'm guessing a little bit here as well. Okay, so the 30, 31 point spread is that USC Arizona? No, 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 it's not. So good, okay. good, 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 good. So one game is Michigan Nebraska. Another game is Ohio State Indiana. Which spread is which? Uh, the higher one, the forty is it forty? Mm-hmm. Is Ohio State Indiana leaving? Michigan, Nebraska at 31. My, how the mighty have fallen. Holy hikes. Holy balls, y'all. Holy balls. So, yeah. um, very quickly, here's where, here's going to have, here's where, how we're going to end the show. Does either one of those guys cover uh, Indiana or Nebraska? No. Uh, well, no. If I had to say one or the other, I would say Indiana. That's just the way I think Michigan's playing right now where they had a crappy first half against Rutgers, and I think trailed at half. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm just going to say it again, run game, offensive line play, defense, those things travel. They're mm-hmm. more physical to me, not that Ohio State can't run the ball or won't, but they're more physical to me than Ohio State. And spoiler alert, this is the way I'm going to be leaning when we talk about the game. Um, you know, that was just a pathetic, pathetic showing against Northwestern. They couldn't redeem it even with the second half or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So if if either team covers, either opponent covers, I'll say Indiana covers. They're both ginormous numbers, so they're both easily coverable. But mm-hmm. I'm still saying Indiana. That's just where I think they're at. Okay, Ohio State. That is. Uh, I'm gonna say Ohio State bounces back really well, and they do more than cover. <laughs> okay. And um, golly, poor Nebraska. I don't know. <sighs> I mean, even if they cover, it could still be ugly, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. So. So I'm not even going to bother. I'm not going to dis- disrespect Nebraska like that. Um, but, again, Michigan playing really good ball right now. Hey, two things. We're not going to talk about it, but I'm just going to mention it before we hop off here. Illinois with a chance to basically just do it again in the West, six-and-a-half-point favorites over Purdue. And Notre Dame is staring at a scary one with the Navy offense. Notre yeah. Dame's favored by 15-and-a-half. But it's at Navy, and what Notre Dame is going to show up on Saturday? Are they going to have the luck of the Irish? It remains to be seen. I don't know. Yes, we'll it see. does. Can Marcus Freeman continue to get it figured out? With that said, we're going to shut her down, y'all. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate you listening. Um, again, he's Mike. He's beautiful. Look at that face. Hair or no hair, he's pretty. If you're listening on the podcast, just imagine that the sun and the moon had a baby 
and it is Mike's <laughs> face, and it is shining, and it glows in the night. So, oh, man. Uh, we love you guys. Thank you so much for listening in. Thank you for tuning in. Like this video. Uh, subscribe to us. The best thing you can do for us is the are those things right there. Actually, I had somebody ask me yesterday, Mike. They'd be like, "Bro, you have a podcast." Dude, yeah, I, yeah. we, uh, me and a buddy have a podcast. Yes. And I was just telling them the bit of the success that we were having with it. And I would call what we're having success. Absolutely. And, they, and they said, how much are you making off that? <laughs> and in my humility, I had to respond, well, we do it for free. Yeah. We do it for free. We don't make anything right now, but hey, the Lord is good, and you can still you still have the chance right now in this moment to like this video and to subscribe to our channels. Apple Podcast, Spotify, uh, Pandora, any place you find your podcast, you can find us and follow us. Um, we cover all things college football, Tennessee, and everything else. We have two different uh, episodes that drop on Mondays and Fridays. For your life, you don't like Tennessee? Hey, we're still the show for you. Because, you know what, Mike? Pandemonium, Pandemonium rains. Still rains. Absolutely. Every week. Still rains. We love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you have a fantastic weekend. Enjoy your college football Saturday. God bless. Go balls. See y'all later. Pandemonium rains.